Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. The rest of you, right where you are, if you would just uh, turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter uh, 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We've been speaking on uh, purpose-driven life. It's been said that the average human being lives 25,550 days. Wouldn't it make sense to take 40 of those days to figure out why we are here on earth? And that's what we're doing. We're taking 40 days as a church to figure out our purpose here on earth. Last week, we talked about our first purpose. But this morning, we're going to talk about the second purpose. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 says this. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own, into his own, not his own organization, not his own company, into his own family, not his own religion. From the very beginning of time, God's purpose was family. Family has always been the purpose, the highest purpose of God. So God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing Jesus Uh, by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. The first thing I want you to see is this before we pray, is that you were created, we talked about last week, for God's pleasure. To bring pleasure to God is what we call worship. And worship isn't the song that we didn't get done with worship. Worship isn't the song you sing. Worship is the life you live. That the things that you do, everything you do is unto God. So whether you're giving a business presentation, whether you're mowing a lawn, whether you're, whether you're teaching a class, or whether you're washing a car, all that is worship unto God. When you give your best, you do it as unto the Lord. That's what you were created is to bring pleasure to God. Number two, and this is what we're talking about today, is that you were formed. Someone say formed. You were formed for the family of God. Let, let's pray. Father, help In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want you just to tap your neighbor and tell him you were created or formed for God's family. I want you to know that you were not just created to believe, you were created to belong. You were not just created to believe, you were created to belong as well. See, God's plan has always been to create a family. God doesn't want us just to know and love him. God wants us to know and love his family as well. That means the person sitting in front of you, the person sitting behind you, the people sitting around you are all your family of God. And I need you to understand this this morning. God doesn't have grandchildren. God only has sons and daughters. There is no such thing as grandchildren in the kingdom of heaven. There's only children. There's only first generation. So you can't make it to heaven off of your parents' faith. You can't make it to heaven off your grandparents' faith. You have to have a relationship with God individually in order to be part of the family of God. You see, every human being was created by God, but not every human being are children of God. Say it again, Pastor. 
not every human being is created by God, but not every human being is a child of God. Being a child of God is a choice. You make a decision to become part of the family of God. You make a commitment to be part of Christ's family. You make it a choice. And I need you to recognize this morning that God desires us to love one another. Why? Because love is so important to the destiny, the, the, the eternal destiny of every human being that we come in contact with. L- listen, l- let me explain it to you this way. Someday, every, everyone just do this. Okay? This is going to, it's going to die. As much as you work out all the things, how much grooming, getting lined up, making sure that you look good, making sure that you're putting on the the cream and making sure that your mascara and all all those things, you're doing everything you can to to make sure things are, are where they're supposed to be. The reality is this. I want you to understand this. You're going to die someday. Your body will, but your spirit is going to go on forever. And the choices you make here on earth are going to determine where you're going to spend eternity. It's not about just coming to church. It's about making sure that we're prepared for our eternal journey that God has for us. And part of that journey is learning how to love one another. Love isn't just part of your life. It's the best part of your life. Learning to love one another. And see, I I love the fact my dad did really well. I love the fact that for my mom, he did really well in making sure she was cared for when he passed away. With life insurance and things like that and investments, making sure my mom was cared for. I love the fact that you're leaving your family a legacy, leaving something behind. But we can sell people life insurance, and I understand the value. I have life insurance. It's important to get. But what about eternity insurance? What about, money takes care of the family that's left behind, but what about your life, making sure that you know that when you die, you're going to heaven, that you're going to be in the presence of God. There is nothing more important than that, and God gives a universal invitation, regardless of age, color, or creed. God has given us a universal invitation of love. He says, let love, he invites everyone, and the the only prerequisite to become part of the family of God isn't how much money money you make isn't the color of your skin it's not what part of town you drive you you live in not the kind of car you drive it's one simple thing did you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior simple faith faith is the key that gets you into the kingdom first Corinthians 4 uh, 14 1 I'm just going to read it says let love be your most important aim let love be your most important aim Our love for one another is is premium, is foundational. And so Ephesians 1.5, let me just read that again. God decided in advance. Don't you love that? God planned this, this thing out. It didn't happen by chance. God planned this out. God determined this before the foundations of the earth to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. You see... I need you to recognize you were not created to do life on your own. In fact, for those that have been incarcerated, when you act up, what's the first thing they do when you act up? Put you in the hole. You end up in solitary. Because the number one punishment that you can give to any individual is remove them from any other person. Because you were created 
for community. Even God said he placed Adam in this beautiful garden called the Garden of Eden. Everything, the surroundings were perfect around him. And God looked at him and said, it's not good that man should be alone. Because we were created to have fellowship. We were created to have relationship. And so I want you to understand that isolation is not God's desire for you. And yet the very thing the enemy does is that whenever you go through a problem, the first thing I hear from people, when I don't see them at church for a while, I don't see them in, in fellowship, and when I finally do see them, I say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? Well, pastor, I've been going through something. When you're going through something, that's the worst time to isolate yourself. That's the worst time to be by yourself. Because even in nature, the, the, the lion and, and the, the, the lepers look for that one of the, of, the, of the herd that begins to separate itself from the rest of the herd. That one that's isolated is the one that gets picked off. The enemy knows that if I can get you down and I can get you isolated and think that no one cares about you, think that no one loves you, then I have the ability to destroy you you are isolations not God's desire for you you are created for community everyone say community and this is tough for me because I'm I'm a loner I'm, 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 I walk into a you know I walk into a crowded room I find the corner we went to New York for this big old gala and as soon as we walked in, Angie and I are dressed to the nines and all these people are, are doing their thing. And it was at, the, it was at the, uh, the museum where they shot Night of the Museum, or Night at the Museum at. Beautiful place, but I just went and looked for a corner. Found the corner table, sat there, and just, just hung out there. Because in, in crowds, I just isolate myself. So I'm speaking to myself as I, as I speak this to you as well. The God has chosen the church as the, to be the vehicle of community for you. Say it again, Pastor. God has chosen the church to be that vehicle. I love what, what Pastor Rick Warren says. God, Jesus never promised to build your ministry, but he did promise to build his church. And many of us are more concerned about our ministry than being part of the church. The church is the very thing that Jesus died for. You cannot say that you love God and hate the church. Now it's quiet, man. You cannot say you love God but hate the church because the church is his bride. That's like me telling you, Dave, I love you, man. I just can't stand your wife. That's not right. I can't, Mario, I love you, man, but you know, your wife, I can't do that. She's amazing. Both of your wives are amazing. But I would, you, you, you would, if someone told you that, I'm not hanging out with you. Because if you dislike my wife, you dislike me. And for you to say you dislike the church, now, the church isn't perfect. The church is made up of imperfect people that have troubles, that have trials, that have struggles, that have battles. But you, the very first time you find the perfect church, do not go to it. Because the moment you walk in, it becomes imperfect. And so many times we judge churches. I don't like this. I don't like that. And we judge a church and we, can, we, we, we don't come to church because it's flawed. That's like saying, you know what? I'm not going to go to the gym because I'm out of shape. That's the whole reason you go. You go to church because you're flawed. You go to church because we're broken down. We go to church so that we can get better and get to new. Come on, somebody. 
So when you say that you have become a member, someone say member. When I say you become a member of a church, we think of it more as a, I'm a member of that country club. I belong to that country club. A member is not just a member of an organization. When, you, when Christ said, or Paul said to be a member of the church, he was talking about the body of Christ. Not an or, organization, an organism. That if you are part of the body, everyone say body. body. When we talk about members, we talk about these are members. This is members. This is a member, this is a member, this is a member, these are members. That you are part of the member, uh, you are a member of the body of Christ. That every one of you are part of the body of Christ. You are an eye, you are, you are an eyelash, you might be an ear, you might be the nose, you might, you might be the arm, you might be the hand or the thumb. Whatever it is, you are part of the body of Christ. But listen to me, the moment you take that piece of the body off, Cut your finger off. I don't, need the, I don't need the church. Cut the finger off. Finger's not going to survive. It's not going to grow back. It's not going to grow back. Finger's not going to grow back. Cut your arm off, and your arm's not going to grow back. Cut off your leg, that leg's... The body will survive. But that peace is going to die. When you separate yourself from the body of Christ, you might think, I don't need you. You step away from the body of Christ. That's what ends up happening. Your spiritual life begins to shrivel up and it begins to die. I need you to understand something this morning. Romans chapter 12 verse 4 says this. Each part gets its meaning from the, from the body as a whole not the other way around. In other words, the body doesn't get identity from you. You get identity from the body. The body, we, the body we are talking about is Christ's body, chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and our function as part of the body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe wouldn't amount to much, would it? To be a member of the church is to be part of the body of Christ. And many of us are trying to serve God, but you're trying to do it away from God, which is why your life is shriveling up spiritually. Now, you might succeed in business. You might succeed in hobbies. You might succeed seed in other areas, but your spiritual life cannot, will not survive when you are apart from the body of Christ. Yeah. It'll shrivel up and die. Your spiritual life is dependent, someone say dependent, dependent. on community and connectivity. I love what Rick Warren says. I, I, I put this quote in here. He says, the person who says I don't need the church is either arrogant or ignorant. Arrogant or ignorant. Why? Because the church is so important, Jesus died for it. And we, we live in a culture today of such independence where I don't need you, I don't need this, I don't need that, that we have created a nation of spiritual orphans. We lead people into the kingdom of God, but there's no spiritual parents to cover them, to help nurture them, to help develop them. And as a result, that no identity, they have no accountability, and they have no commitment or inheritance. Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So let me give you a couple points this morning as we, we bring this to a close, okay? Just because of time. Why do we need a church family? Let me give you some points as the why we need a church family. Number one, the church identifies you as a genuine believer in Christ. 
Because if I truly believe in Christ, then I'm going to belong to his body. I'm not going to separate myself from his body. John 13, 35 says this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for who? Your love for what? For one another. So how can you love one another if you're never with one another? Come on, no. If you separate yourself and you're not part of the body of Christ, see, we need the church family because we're part of the body. Number two, a church family moves, moves you out of a self-centered isolation. Now, you could serve God by yourself. You might love God by yourself, but you cannot love the, his people by yourself. You might be in isolation and say, man, I'm a great Christian, but that Christianity has never been tested because you've never been around anyone. No one, you have never been around anyone that irritated you, no one that bothered you, no one that pushed your buttons, no one that caused a little friction in your life, a little irritation in your life. But it's those very people that help develop us to become Christ-like. You isolate yourself, then you have no ability to meet the people that irritate you. Because there's some irritating people at church. Somebody say Amen. You know what I'm talking, and if you know, you're thinking, man, there, there ain't no irritating people at church. You might be the irritating person. So we are, <laughs> we are called to live for something bigger than ourselves. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one member suffers, come on, somebody, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. That's how I know that we're family, that we're of one body. Because when I go through a tough time, you're suffering with me. But when I succeed, you're celebrating with me. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay our lives down for our sisters and brothers. So we have a responsibility to care for one another. You can't learn to care for people when you're not part of the body. This is what the church is all about. Number three, check this out. A church family helps you develop spiritual muscle. How many know people are difficult? People can be hard, but that helps you build your spiritual muscle. The same way resistance helps you build your, your physical body, difficult people help you build your spiritual muscle as well. Ephesians 4.16 says... As each, each part does its own special work, it helps. Someone say helps. The other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Listen, when you don't come to church, it's not a choice just to stay home. What it is is you're literally ripping us off from what you have to add value to other people. You steal from me what you add to me, and then I steal from you to being able to add to you. When we don't show up as a whole body, when we don't show up together, what ends up happening, we're stealing from one another the ability to learn, to glean, from grow, and to encourage one another. Relationships are, are to us what water, sun, and soil are to a seed. Relationships help as the environment that helps us grow, and real maturity is shown in relationships how you respond in real maturity in those times. You see, we need more than just the Bible in order to grow. We need each other. Listen to me. I need you. I need you to grow, to become who Christ called me to be. You need me in order for you to become who Christ called you to be. Number four. Everyone say number four. 
The body of Christ needs you. Everyone say, I'm needed. You're needed here. At this local body, you're needed. You're missed when you're not here. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help one another. Some of you love God, but you haven't connected with the local church. I'm not saying it has to be this church. If this church isn't the place for you, that's all right. There's many different churches that are out there. Connect with one. Get plugged into one. Because like a finger disconnected from the hand, you cannot survive. you got to be connected to a church to grow, a place for someone to encourage you, a place that your gifts are put to use, a place where your talents are being utilized. I want you to understand the church is a place that God designed for you to develop and to use your gifts, not just to build your, your community, your business, your outreach, but to use your gifts to help build the body of Christ for an eternal purpose. You see, one day I'm going to stand before God. And when I stand before God, as a shepherd, I have to give account for the people that were the sheep in our flock. And I want to make sure that when I stand before God, I'm able to give a full account for every sheep that has ever come through these doors. And that when I'm standing there, I see and I glance across when Christ comes back, I see every one of your faces standing in heaven with me as we approach the throne of God and he says well done good and faithful servant I don't want your face missing on that day I want to make sure you're there we need a church family because number five you share in Christ's mission in the world Jesus walked on this earth in a physical body He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he fed those that were hungry. But then when he ascended after the resurrection, he sent his spirit to live in us. And now we become the body of Christ. We become his hands, his feet, his eyes, his ears. Jesus said, when you do it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. It's not about building a great building. It's about building great people. That's what CWC is about, building great people. Now, would I love to have a permanent home? Yes, because this setting up and breaking down 20 years has been a long time. But we will do whatever is necessary in order to complete the mission of Christ. And what is that? To love God and to love people and to change the world. That's what our call is. As I close, I want you to see this, number six. A church family will help you, keep you from backsliding. When you don't show up, and it becomes a habit that you don't show up, then I don't know if you're just working, busy, or you're falling away from your walk with God. We can't go after, leave the 99 and go after the one if we don't know that the one is really lost or just decided not to come to church. When you're part of a body, a church family, when you don't show up, people notice. See, I need you to understand something. Listen very closely as I close. Every one of us is capable of sinning. 
Every one of us is one step away of, of sitting to the point that we could lose our family, lose our relationships, lose our houses, lose, lose everything that we worked so hard for. We're one decision away from destroying all that. I'm one affair away from destroying my marriage. I'm one, I'm one embezzlement away from destroying the church. I'm one step away from, but I, the thing that holds me accountable is the thing that I'm surrounded by men and women of God that hold me accountable, that are around me to encourage me when I get down? Who do you run to when you get down? Who can lift you up when spiritually you don't have the strength to stand up? You look buffed on the outside, but inside you're spiritually weak. Who's the ones that come around you and lift you up? See, in the Christian realm, there's no such thing as it's none of your business. In the Christian realm, you don't hear, you can't say it's none of your business. Because in the body of Christ, if you're my family and you're going through a struggle and you're going through a sin, you're going through a crisis, it's my responsibility to go after you, to track you down, to bring you back, and to get you back into the house of God. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Mind your own business isn't a Christian phrase. I am my brother's keeper. I'm your keeper. That's why I know some of you hate when I reach out to you and, hey, hey, watch your tongue. Watch your mouth. Why? Because I love you. I love you. And I want you to speak blessings, not curse. I want you to speak life. I see the greatness that's coming out of you. See, it's our responsibility. I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you. She's calling daddy. Brother Dave, you're you're a rock star, man. Look at him. Listen very closely to me as we, we bring this together. If this isn't the body that you want to belong to, that's all right. I won't be hurt. But you need a body. There's a universal body called the body of Christ. But then there's local bodies of Christ as well. And the church you go to says more about you than it does about God. It speaks to the, it's closer to my house, it's closer, uh, I like the music, you know, I like the style of preaching or whatever. But get to a place that you can join the vision. Where the whole hand can move together. You ever get a cramp and you try to pick something up? You can't do it. All of a sudden, the hand's doing something different than what your mind is saying to do. When the body of Christ isn't working together, we got people cramping up because they don't agree with where we're going. It causes paralysis. Find a place that you can walk with the vision instead of working against it. And if you're here, be here. Unless you're working, unless you're traveling, be here. When you have an opportunity to get in the house of God, be here. Why? Because God deserves it. He deserves your best, not your leftovers. God deserves the best that we can give. Everyone just bow your heads right where you are. Father, we just release right now. Lord God, to recognize that you loved us so much, you gave us your all.
Lord, as we sit here right now, I, I, ask, I have a question for everyone here. Have we given God our all? We given God our best. We know what we're capable of. Have we done it? So, Lord, I pray right now, God, that this isn't a guilt trip. This is just a body check. This is our physical today. We're just making sure that our body is operating the way it's supposed to. That, God, if we're disconnected, disconnected, reconnect us right now in Jesus' name. You're here right now and you recognize, I just need to reconnect. I need to get reconnected with the body of Christ. If that's you right where you are, just lift your hand right where you are. Yes, God bless you. 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 Yes, yes. Hands going up all over. God bless you. God bless you. Some of you are here right now that you're connected, but you need to be your brother's keeper. People have left and you just haven't given a rip, but you know that now we got to go after them. If that's you, would you lift your hand as well? Some people I need to run down. Yes, 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 yes. Some people I have to go after right now. I can't just let them go. Yes. Stand to your feet with me right now as we close up this morning. apologize. I feel like I really ran through this this morning, but hopefully the message got across. Just bow your heads right where you are. Father, we just, we're, we're grateful that, Lord, that you died so that we could be part of your body. Let us, my God, acknowledge and take advantage of this very fact that you loved us so much that we are now part of the body of Christ, that we belong to something bigger than ourselves that we are part of the universal purpose of emptying hell and filling heaven. That, God, we don't want any of our loved ones to ever find themselves in hell when we have the opportunity to get them to heaven. Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we make a commitment today, God, to be committed to what you were committed to, and that's your church. Just say this with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me if I've allowed other things to get in the way of my commitment to you and to your church. I don't want to build my ministry. I want to build your church. I want to be part of the body of Christ, a member of the body. I want to be connected in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. Amen. Amen. Now, it's part of the body of Christ. I want you to just see, see this. We, we, today is our first fruit Sunday. First time we've ever done a first fruit Sunday. Beginning of the year, we're finishing our 21-day fast, and uh, I had to extend it one extra day because uh, we started a day late because we had a little party, and we ended up eating at the party, and so we had to extend it one more day. So I see everyone drinking coffee today, and enjoying themselves. I got one more day to go. Pray with me. Where do we get first fruits from? Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats overflowing with good, good wine. Those days, their, their business was agriculture. Our first fruits are no longer seeds, plants, grain. 
Our first fruits are our paychecks. It's the money we receive for the work that we've done. But I want you to know it's called first fruits because first, priority, trust. You don't give God your first by paying all your bills first and then giving God what is his. You, the, the order's important. By giving it to God first, like the first drink of a, wa- of a water bottle, you're giving God the best of what you have. God expects the best. In, in the book of Genesis, before they even had uh, worship taking place, Cain and Abel came and offered something to the Lord. Offering is something that has been from the very foundations of the earth before religion was even established, before animal sacrifices even came about. Cain and Abel brought their offerings to God. The difference was Abel brought his first. Cain just brought some. There's a difference between bringing your best and just bringing some. I'm not asking you to give an amount today as you sow for 2020. I'm asking you just to do your best. However your best looks like to you between you and God, it's all about giving your best. Money was so important to God that God spoke, Jesus spoke about it more than heaven and hell. And one thing I want you to see is we're gonna do a demonstration and prepare ourselves for, for our first fruits offering. Jesus stood there in the temple as people came and put money in the bags. And he saw the rich coming and dropping their extravagant gifts into the basket and moving on. Then this little old lady, widow, came up and dropped two pennies in. Jesus looked to his disciples and said, that woman gave more than anyone else gave today said, because the rich gave out of their excess, this woman gave all that she had. If we were a percentage, she gave 100%. What am I telling you? It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. It's giving the best that we can to God. This woman who was a sinful woman walks into where Jesus is sitting and she takes an alabaster box, about a year's worth of wages, this perfume was, but it, it didn't have a top to take off and you could pour some out and then put the top. The moment you broke it open, it was usually used to anoint a body for death. A year's worth of wages. Jesus is sitting at the table and she walks in and she takes her alabaster box and she breaks it over Jesus. And then with her tears, she begins to wash his feet. And with her hair, she begins to dry it. People in the room begin to say in their minds, what a waste. See, whenever you worship God with everything in you, some people will judge your gift and say you're being wasteful. But Jesus stopped them and says, wait a minute, she's anointing my body for burial. What she's done here will be a memorial for generations to come. What I'm saying is this, as we bring our first fruits offering, Moni's going to come and dance, and as we get ready to give, what you're going to do is you're going to just come down the aisles. They're going to collect your first fruits here. They're going to pray for you after you do so, and then you'll return to your seats. Then together, we're going to put them in this basket right here, and then we're going to lift all the first fruits under the Lord and ask God to bless every seed that's been sown this year.
for God's honor and glory. Amen? So I want you to prepare yourself right now. And what we're doing right now is we're putting a seed. And if you aren't ready to do that today, you can join us next week on this. But right now, just lift your hands towards us right now. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Father, for the sacrifice that is represented in this basket. Lord, this isn't just money. Lord, this is blood, sweat, and tears. This is time. This is effort. This is talent, my God. This is education that helped earn, my God, the, these dollars that are here. They brought their spoils in and they're offering it to you today, God, and saying, Lord, would you bless what I'm putting into the ground? Because we're believing in 2020, my God, for healing, for restored marriages, for our families saved, my God, for a new house, for blessing on our business, for strength, my God, to go on. Lord, for new vision and direction, for new strategies. Lord, whatever the seed has been sown for today, Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would bless it. Heavenly Father, we give you our best this morning. Lord, we recognize that everything we have comes from you and belongs to you. And Lord, we're going to be good stewards today as we give it back to you and trust you that, Lord, you will return 30, 60, and 100-fold blessing in Jesus' name. Bless our, our seeds this morning. Bless our first fruits in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray, everyone says. Amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea. 